There is the fact that there's no private ownership and it's owned by us as members. I own like a one fifty thousandth of a share in St Kilda, and the board are voted in, and there's no sort of swaying so ownership. And that means if your board's incompetent, they get voted out. Um, That's the grossest thing. Is like. You know, you're, I mean, Spurs are not owned by any kind of crazy foreign conglomerate, but they're owned by a different, just English dickheads, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, but like having to be, I mean, Newcastle, right? You're a fan of Newcastle. They're having this huge renaissance. They haven't been good in really, you know, 30, 40 years. Since Alan Shearer. 30 years. And um, now they're good. And, and I don't really, they, I mean, I'm sure some, you know, the fans up there who deal with the worst weather on the planet. I don't want to spend a lot of time thinking about why, you know, yeah. I wouldn't, I know that I know I wouldn't want to be sitting around being like, damn, why do we get so good? And you're like, Oh, it's the guys who top people's heads off. Yeah. But it's you only know? an issue when things go wrong. It's, it's not a matter of like, you, you can, you can whitewash anything. You can whitewash any ownership team, but when things go wrong, you just look at uh, man United at the moment. Like, you forget about oh, people yeah. chopping off heads because they're trying to sports whitewash their country. Forget about that. They, they're actually putting money in the teams going, okay. But you look at uh, Man U and the Glazers, oh, they're public no- enemy number one. Now they're doing a shitty job, as uh, Nick Talk will tell you. They and, only, and they are. And the fact is that they're also, you know, Shit they heads. only commit evil by proxy. You know, they're, yeah. by they, dollar they, bills. they're doing evil, but they're not, you know, they're not doing it. You know, directly. Yep. So, whatever. All right. Well, maybe put some of this. <laughs> we are. We can talk over the intro. People have heard it before. Fuck them. Right. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the warm sounds of the Beer Engine podcast with Griff and Tony. Uh, Very nice. Hey, what's up, everyone? It's Griff. It's yet another episode of the Beer Engine Podcast, back down in the podcast, content minds, grinding away. Uh, you know, I got the, I have the Carhartt, like, coveralls on, but no shirt, uh, rippling biceps as I hammer a big pickaxe into a rock that says, like, uh, beer news, and another one that says, like, uh, what did you do today, and, and can't crack that one, I'm just banging, I'm just hitting it away, and nothing's coming out. Uh, Tony next to me, he's uh, he's actually just full on topless, um, and he's he's not even bothering with the pickaxe. He's just started throwing the rocks against the wall and seeing if anything breaks open. It's it's getting ugly out here. Yep, one normal nipple, one inverted nipple. That's the way I like to roll. That is that is pretty cool. Um, and and uh, uh, wearing the helmet with the light on it, like the little um, with the little solo light. Well, yeah, uh, up there. What I'm actually wearing, though, I've got the little light on it, don't get me wrong, but I'm wearing like a 1970s football helmet that the kickers used to wear, you know, with that one Oh, with the one bar. bar. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. That, I'm sure that helped oh, with something. Massively. Uh, oh, and the, I just looked at the canary. He's dead. So, oh, we're fucked. We got problems. Uh, we're fucked now. Uh, Tony, I've been, uh, I've actually been home alone this week. If we're thinking about things we did this week, I've been home alone since, uh, You've been Saturday. batching it up. I've been batching it up. Uh, it sounds like remember the old TI thing called soft batching. That was yes. that was nasty. <laughs> um, 
I'm familiar with the, what it uh, is. No, I'm not. Yeah. So, let me rephrase that. I remember what soft batching is. Familiar. Really, yeah, me too. Um, so uh, what, what do I do when I'm home alone? Well, uh, uh, I'll, you know, sometimes I'll go hit up a couple bars, which I did. I hit up the Silver Stamp Sunday. We'll talk about that. I had a nice little event going on there. Um, saw a friend over at Corey's this weekend. That was good. But what I really do is I watch all of the content that my wife won't watch with me or Ooh. doesn't want to sit through or sleep through. So uh, most of it's the grimmest content you can imagine. I don't know. I can but imagine Tony, some I, grim stuff. I've, this is grim in the way that's like not even, it's not like fun horror grim. Or, oh, no, no. Um, I'm, I'm this thinking is grim like, like um, The Five. You know that Fox show? Oh. Fox News show, The Five with Greg Gutfeld? Sure. Sure. I, oh, Gutfeld, oh, yeah. I, I should have sat through a few episodes of Gutfeld. That maybe would have really yeah. sealed it up. But or Huck, Huck, Huckle, Chucklebee, Huckabee. Um, oh, you could watch some but, of his uh, no, stuff. I watch, he's got his own TV studio now. I think it's in. He does. Huckabee, yeah. He's in the, um, I, I believe, compound? if he's still at, is he still at Trinity? I don't know. I thought it was a Jim Baker if compound. He, he was at Trinity. It was it was Conway Twitty's. Oh, that's right. Um, old studio uh, that he had built, which is sort of ironic. <laughs> but, um yeah, I watched. So the first thing I watched, Tony, I had never actually watched this. I knew this story fairly well, but not intensely. Was the documentary about Purdue Pharma? Oh yes, yep. Pretty. That's pretty. Some pretty dark shit. I that was like, damn, this is not. This is dark. very. Including at the end, where nothing bad happens to them. No, They're like uh-huh. <laughs> the Sackler family get away with it. <laughs> Fucking yeah, right, yeah. yeah. If, if you uh, get and those then, dollar bills, you get power. Once you get power. Right. And just realizing all these people who, you know, it's all grim. Yep. But then uh, it just no keeps, I, I was like, that, you know, that's not depressing enough. So I watched the four-part series called Exterminate the Brutes about post-colonialism in, <laughs> uh, uh, or, or, or colonialism and post-colonialism around the world, uh, which was actually <laughs> even more dark yeah. and horrifying to watch. <laughs> so it really is. You really want to feel bad about yourself, um, and and you should, presumably. Uh, although I don't know the Purdue Pharma thing, I don't think you really need to feel bad. You didn't really do anything, person who's listening, or Tony, or me, no. uh, other than exist while a bunch of bad shit was directed at you. And maybe you voted for some of these shitheads, so that's maybe not helpful. But so like Marsha Blackburn or whoever. Here's, I think, the way we should think about it. And those that don't want to think about it don't think about it this way. Is just to have empathy. It's not that we personally have done anything wrong, but we can have right. empathy for a system and a system that we benefit from, uh, one right. way or another. Um, Overall, yeah, yeah, we we don't have to feel guilty, but we do have to empathise and realise that our circumstance is different because of the amount of melatonin in our skin. It takes some understanding in general. Yeah, yeah. I think both the in the Purdue Pharma thing too, where. Um, sort of, you combine all of that ha- that happened with the ongoing, you know, two thousands and you know, from the eighties war on drugs, and yep. you have a really ugly combination of of uh, or confluence of bad shit that was going on. So, boy, what an, what what a way to get myself revved up for podcasting was to uh, was to sit through those well, for the last couple of days. But you got me researching shit as we speak. How old do you oh, think? God. 
Sarah Huckabee Sanders is. Well, she's the governor um, yep. of Arkansas, right? Yep. I'm, I'm thinking, uh, I, I think like 53. <laughs> you are off by 12 years, my friend. She is 41. Oh, God. I know. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> she's 41. Uh, <laughs> she's younger than me. I mean, I, I was thinking, I was like, her skin looks okay. Like, she doesn't look like the fucking Grim Reaper. But she has a, like, very middle-aged mom look about yeah. her, you know? Um, just er- eliminating her politics from my mind, you know? Uh, I was like, you know, that's about what a 50-year-old woman looks like now, right? I mean, <laughs> am I that far off? Of, I mean, I know I'm off of real time, but do you think I'm that crazy for thinking that? No, know. that's why I asked you the question. I would have asked you the question if I thought it was a reasonable date of birth. But yeah, no. I mean, I should have thought about how old her dad is was the mistake I made. Oh, I, I, her course. dad is not really old enough to have a child that's that would be 50, in her yeah. 50s, um, I don't think. I, I think he's... You know, he's still young enough to be making quote unquote television. So, um, yeah, he's only 68. So, yep. Um, he's only 15 years old. Oh, I can, now I forget which age I is the real one. Um, pretty good. Uh, oh, his tweets, dude. His tweets are so good. Let's look at a couple of tweets. Hope everybody enjoys this. Um, Oh, God, he's followed by one of my actual friends in the world. Oh, no. Okay. Uh, all right, we're ending that. Um, here we go. The, uh, plan, planned on watching at Razorback football. Tony, that's the Arkansas football team. I'm familiar. But at, Com- but at Comcast has another outage. No wonder people ditch at Comcast business because they are to customers what Biden is to the economy. So now I'm just going to follow this logic through, Griff. Don't don't you try and work it out. Just let me. Uh, so people okay, are ditching okay. the U.S. economy because of Biden, and therefore, if you're ditching the economy, aren't you then becoming a socialist? I think I'm thinking they're becoming those like sovereign citizen guys. No, see, yeah. they're not ditching the economy. Sovereign citizen guys just don't believe in the contracts with government. They still believe in cash. I think the only way to ditch um, the economy is to become a socialist. You need a different form of economy, and that is really the only way to do it. Share it with the people. Fuck the free market. I'm with Mike Huckabee. This is this is why America is becoming a socialist country. And then we won't need things like Comcast and you'll have one central cable provider for everybody. It'll be cheap. It'll work just as effectively. Problem solved. Boy, these tweets are really Binomics! not good. Exclamation uh, point. Uh, <laughs> headed to War Memorial Stadium to scream WPS. Okay, I don't know what that means. That's probably something about woo-woo. Big Suey, something like that, right? For Razorbacks, I think, something like that. Yeah. Um, go Hogs. Uh, oh, here's a Benny. He's got a Benny Johnson tweet on here. Um, KJP. Oh, that's the press secretary. Joe Biden has done more to secure the border and to deal with this issue of immigration than anybody else. Uh, with hilarious comedy like this, KGP will land a spot at the improv as a headliner soon. Wow. And, Thing. Yeah, just why did he add just the economy of words? Really, you got to wonder with Mike Huckabee. Everything is like overly wordy. Look at okay, here we go. 
This is to a tweet for about Kamala Harris saying something. Kamala Harris, sorry. Look at Joe's face. Even he knows that what Kamala is saying is, as my pal Larry Gatlin would say, quote, bovine droppings. Nobody says cow shit. Yeah, I know. <laughs> like dog shit, yes, but dogs aren't bovine. Now, we're burying these, the lead. These aren't, these aren't as funny as I want it. These aren't as funny as I want Yeah, fuck Mark Huckabee. Let's um, <laughs> get some real... Uh, let's talk about some real comedy in American politics. And that is Lauren Bobert and her oh, yeah. ejection. I forgot that on here. How oh, could you dude. forget? That is not grim okay, content. I know, I know, that is enjoyable. I know we have listeners who hate talking about politics, so I'll stop talking. This is not politics. So uh, for our Australian listeners or foreign listeners... Uh, who are not aware of this person? We there is a um, representative of uh, essentially an uh, it, what you would call in your country an MP, yep. I think, uh, from a district in Colorado, and she's just a lunatic, huge like Trump person, whatever. I'm sure we've talked about her before. I'm going to give people a description, um, especially those in Australia. If you could imagine Pauline Hanson, but glamming on to the Liberal National Party. That's what she is politically. Sure. But she also looks 90% attractive, but she was messed up 10% yeah. with AI with that, like, bottom jaw that's the overbite thing. Sure. She's got she's, she's definitely somebody who would appear on Love Island where they're, yes. like, a little fucked up. You're like, oh, c- cute, nice bot. Oh, well, but she's got that. You look yeah. at her for too long and you're like, ooh, ooh. Yeah, it's that deal that breaker. Thing? It's got a deal breaker quality But anyways, she went... To- the whole story is so bizarre. She's in the middle of a divorce because, of course, and um, she uh, she's she and her boyfriend go to see Beetle. They go to the, for some fine theater at the at Beetlejuice the musical, which <laughs> I mean, I'm sure we've all seen Beetlejuice a lot. Have you seen it, Tony? The movie Absolutely. with Michael Keaton from Michael 25 Keaton. years ago. Yeah, no, it's longer than that. 35 years ago. 35, sorry. Yeah. Yep. Um. Sure. So they go to this. They go to Beetlejuice the musical. They're taking in some legitimate theater, as it were. And um, so they start. I mean, they were apparently they were vaping and like blowing it in the face of a pregnant lady and all this shit. It is funny to think about this. I mean, you know, she does. She's smoking the like cotton candy. Oh, without a doubt. Juice too. The jewels. And she's got the cans out. All right. She's got the. She's got her bazongas out. Um, they were looking great in this dress. You got to give it up. Um, I mean, she's nasty, but sure. Um, and uh, the the dude wanted to cop a feel over the pants so feel. He, oh, yep, yeah, and over over the dress feel. And she figured, well, if he's going to get a chance at these, then I'm going in for the hog. And she yep. uh, started she started going in at the uh, at the old. Uh, hog there on this guy during and listen they're missing you know uh pally me banana they're missing all the important parts of beetlejuice while they're doing this of course and they do eventually get kicked out yep she gets booted they get booted out of this for being uh nasty and it's just so funny to think about what do doing something offensive enough to get kicked out of beetlejuice the musical yeah it's just, just a, like it's like, <laughs> okay. Oh, Warren Bober got kicked out of uh, La Boheme. Like, okay, fine. You know, whatever. Sure. Uh, 
what what did she talk too loud or something? I don't know, you know, or the the Vienna Philharmonic or something. No, nope. Beetlejuice the musical, essentially like going to a fucking concert with funny costumes. I mean, really funny shit. Um, You're burying the lead here, though. Pretty, what is it? Her date is a Democratic supporter who owns an LGBTQ plus friendly bar that hosts uh, drag shows. I did not know that. So In you, you, that <laughs> excellent. Amazing. So, I mean, this is somebody that has been vociferous in like calling out Drag Time Story Hour and shit like that. Uh, and then, oops, it's all a, it's all for show. When she gets horny, she doesn't give a fuck. Who? Oh yeah, who she she was hands. going for it. Yep. Oh, the best. I love it when people in power fuck up left or right. Yeah, she's a mess. Um, yep. She's definitely got. I think you're exactly right. I'm looking at a picture. She definitely has like there's like fifteen percent of something fucked up about her that it's really hard to ignore. It's like a, it's got an uncanny valley. Yeah, and, and that's just on the physical side. A hundred percent emotionally, no go zone because of the. Politics. Oh yeah, you can't. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was saying yeah. if, if you're this guy, if yeah, you're this guy, and you're gonna be, you're gonna be seen in public with her. You want to, you touching the cans. I get it. Yeah. Okay. Like, like if I, all right, if I'm getting, if you and I are going to, if I'm gonna pay the tax of my reputation being destroyed, I want. Some I'm, I'm, I need to be, I need, I need to be standing on base at least with a high chance of getting batted home. You know, yep. I, I, need, I need to be feeling good about where this is headed. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to be at the bottom of the order with the pitcher no, next no, to bat, no, no, no. <laughs> two outs. <laughs> no, no, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I need to come up with the uh, yeah yeah the American League pitcher coming up after me. That's brutal. Um, well, anyways, before before I became home alone, I I did um, I wanted to give a little Vegas update. I know we have Vegas, we have we are, there's already another show with a Vegas news update, but I actually went out and experienced some things in Vegas that maybe weren't. Uh, did you it, have to pay for? It was it? not a. Uh, I had to pay for it and everything. It was just a normal restaurant that I went to. Um, I, I uh, Kelly and I went to Paris and went to a restaurant called Mon Amiga B, which is a Restaurant that's like right along the strip there, and it faces out to the Bellagio Fountains. Nice little steakhouse. Used to have um, really brave reviews, didn't it? Yeah, it's good. No, I think it still does. It's very popular. Um, pretty affordable. You know, it's not really a steakhouse so much as it's just like a bistro type French place. Bistro, it's yep. Pretty casual. Yeah, it's nice. So we went there because we hadn't been there in a long time, and um, wanted to check it out. I've been years and years, probably five, seven, eight years since we'd gone in there. And um, boy, the Paris is. Really not a good place to go. No, I've, I've never really thought it was, like, it was always one of those places that always felt run down, even though it had this veneer of being a top-class mm-hmm. hotel. Just kind of where it's sandwiched on the strip, I think it gets a lot more credit than what it is. And that facade and things like um, Nobu and Gordon Ramsay Steak, and it does have great places designed, but the actual casino itself and some of the other things around it have always, I've always found it like it, it's kind of like a knockoff of the Venetian in every kind it sucks. of way. It's it's much smaller too, yeah. and it's it is run down. It is feeling very run down. But it's funny. So all those things that you're naming, the Nobu, etc., didn't exist hey, two years ago, pretty much. Yep. It's all brand new stuff. 
So I, I was like, oh, it'll be interesting to walk through there because they've got all these new restaurants. They got a Nobu now for whatever reason. They and go, they got be the a Martha park? Stewart Martha Stewart restaurant. They go, what? Be a park? You didn't go to be a park? Yeah, they've had that for a while. Yeah, that's oh. an outdoor. Th- yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they've got, so they've got the Martha Stewart restaurant and they've got, um, I forget, something else that didn't. Oh, Vanderpump Place. Fucking Vanderpump oh, yep. Place. But it's funny. You're walking in, you're like, this still feels pretty shitty. And then you get to the part where those things are, they're literally all just right next to each other. Yep. So they renovated like a corner, 30 feet of the fucking Paris to put in, they got rid of the buffet and stuck a Nobu in. The Nobu looks like by our, just brand, even though it's brand new, it looks like the worst Nobu. Cause it faces <laughs> out it like onto that shitty cobblestone, fake cobblestone shit that is into the Paris. So you're not even like the Virgin one or the hard rock, old hard rock one where you're like, closed door in there you're not getting pestered by drunken casino goers no you're like right out there eating your black cod paying a few hundred bucks and the martha stewart restaurant looks like it was uh, furnished by goddamn walmart because it was martha stewart's walmart line it's so gray it's just gray like gray farmhouse look uh just no character whatsoever um just not good. And the Vanderpump place, I'm sure it looks fine. It's a super maximalist. It looks kind of cool, but I'm sure the drinks are forty dollars. Yeah. Um, but I do hear it's, so whatever. it's like quality for forty bucks, whatever that means. It's yeah, like I'm sure it's good. Yeah, because yeah, isn't that her background? Isn't isn't she like a like it's like a reality? They, well, now yeah. they were always restaurateurs, but yeah. they have become like a reality type thing. I know, yeah, but yeah. they their background was she was a restaurateur, so she mm-hmm. should be able to do that. It's I think it's it's. Less of a name stuck on like you would get with most right. like reality stars. That's that's what I'm trying to get at. Oh, it was fine. We walked in. Dinner was great. That place was still good. Uh, but you just got to get in and out of that place because there is um, it's uh, as it is with some of these properties down that central strip. You're just sort of like, ooh, I've always I don't felt that way. It, it's sort of like. Like there's ten percent of it that you really want to see on on Center Strip, and then no, the rest of the ninety percent is like hot garbage or just I've got no time for it. But that ten percent is quite a. There's a lot in that ten percent, if you know what I mean. But that oh yeah, like Cosmo or yeah, yeah. The, the, the couple of restaurants you want to eat at. Yeah, there's yeah. there's some like decent stuff, but you really gotta. I don't know the the um the Paris has that unique thing too, where it's not run down in the even charming way. I don't want to say charming, but yep. like the, wow, this place is fucked type of way. Yeah, it's just run Cortez down in way. like the boring. Yeah. It's just run down in the boring way. Yep. You're it's like, run oh, down everything's in the kind of Hollywood just, way. Yeah. It just kind of looks like dingy. Yeah. It's not know? the Rio yeah. where you're going to get shanked, but it's, it's, it's got no personality to its rundownness. It's just not even like corporate, the imperial like, pat. Yeah. yeah. Imperial Palace was the one that yeah. you're like, God damn, this place is fucked up. This is yeah, cool. The IP. You, know? like, <laughs> <laughs> you just go upstairs and you just be in like a big empty hallway. You're like, what the fuck is yep. here? I don't understand. Um, good shit. All right. So What's that, that place that. called now? Because that's still there, isn't the it? Link. The Link. The Link. That's right. That's that is a bad name. When it was the Imperial Palace, that was some bizarre theming. That was pretty awful. Yeah, I don't think you're allowed to do a lot of that anymore. Yeah. No. What um, are your like? Is it? Are there any not so much gems, but places you tolerate on the strip as a whole, whether it be a Caesars or a whatever? What's Resorts one? World? Resorts World. 
George Brolin Cosmo, uh, yep. I, I will put up with. Um, just I think I think most of the stuff there is pretty decent. Um, Cosmo, the like clientele are kind of irritating, but who isn't? What clientele isn't? I guess. Resorts World, I think, is nice. I I think it's got decent. Um, you can gamble there. They have decent table numbers. Um, they have a great center bar. Their restaurants are really good. Um, it's very. It's got a very classy, nice feeling to it. Yep. Maybe a little bit indistinct, but it's nice, and I don't really care. Whatever I hang out at station casinos, it gives a shit. Um, and the parking's free, so I mean, it's it hits a lot of numbers, and it's easy to get to. It's easy as hell to get to. So there's there's a lot of wins there uh, for that place. So I uh, I definitely like that one. That's what I would say. You know, you yep. want you want a lot of good places to eat, and not a lot of people, and a nice hotel room. You'll do. You could do worse than the resorts world for sure excellent good to know uh, all right tony i want to talk a little bit about f1 yep because i had this shown to me i know you you'd been talking a little bit about the f1 race i'm on your side i i think we got to let this thing get off the ground before we make any judgments as to what's going to happen yeah but i wanted to show you this uh thing that came across my desk uh actually a friend who works at one of these restaurants uh and passed this along to me and said check this out this is very insane and uh, this is from this is Off Grid Suite from Off Grid Vegas, Vegas Race Nights 2023 Race Weekend, powered by Sushi Roku, Caesar's Forum Shops, Boa Steakhouse, and um, Hoosin. This is going to go. What's that? Hoosin. Yeah, I didn't know what that is, so I didn't actually say what it was. <laughs> I, I know the other. I know what the other things are. Hoosin is really looks like it's got an owl. Yeah, it does. It? I don't know. This is all weekend at Sushi, at Sushi Roku. Um, it will uh, has iconic strip views, gourmet dining, and sparkling grandeur await under enchanting night's canvas. Awkward. A 1.9-kilometer straight back that borders on the edge of audacity. It promises Monza-esque level. Oh, this is about the um, this is about the track. Sorry. Yeah. Um, so, anyways, this was your VIP pit stop each night from seven o'clock. So you can go back there. You got this really bad, like CAD drawing of the layout. Of <laughs> it the really event, is bad. Which is very weird. It, you know what it and reminds you, me of? It's a bar rescue CAD drawing. It does, yeah. yeah. Um, so it's really bad, and you will you will have views of the track yep. from here, right? These are windows here, so you can see that you'll sort of see the the Vegas Boulevard track and you'll have balcony and access won't you you won't be stuck inside the entire time i think you do have some kind of balcony access here yeah. so let me tell you what you get for these three nights and then i'll we'll break down the price here have you seen the price of this yet i have yep okay okay good I, that's fine I, I didn't we didn't have to play that game that's good so thursday you get um the suite opens at 7 p.m you get to watch the the two practices Yep. At 8.30 and midnight, and then from 1 a.m. to close, nightlife experience. My God, you're going to be up late. Yeah, it's right? not for Brian. <laughs> Same idea, Friday, 7 p.m., you're in there. Uh, you got the uh, the third practice and the qualifying are at mid. Qualifying's at midnight? Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. And then you've got the uh, some more nightlife. And then Saturday opens at 7, race starts at 10, <clears throat> and so on. And then you've got some more nightlife. So whole weekend, uh, and you're looking at a grand total uh, before tax. So let's throw in the 13% at least. Yep. That's your Clark County sales tax. 
you're looking at about fifty five hundred dollars, you know, probably coming up on about sixty one hundred bucks total. So Tony, where's that? What do you think? Is that a is that a I couldn't tell if that was a goddamn steal or a ripoff. It is neither, because in the context of this event, yes, that is a reasonable price. But in saying that, this event, uh, because of demand, because of location, because of marketing, is completely out of control. This is what I would consider a mid-price corporate ticket. I have seen tickets, and yes, these are full experiences, staying at... Uh, the Nobu Hotel and having, like, meet the teams and whatever else, million dollars, um, but only four of you get to go and meet a team of your choice and everybody sure. else gets left behind in, in the Paddock Club, even though it's not going to be called Paddock Club. Um, I know, I crazy. <laughs> that all came about through a forum. I I'm not even sure whether that's that's real or not. We'll, ke- we'll come to find out when they do it because right. they'll have to change a lot of branding. But... In, in saying all, all that, it is an extremely highly priced ticket for the season. In Australia, you can get a general admission ticket for the weekend at about, in US dollars, maybe 250 to $300 for a general admission sure. full price ticket. Yeah, uh, you, you're getting a single practice day for that on the Friday in Vegas. It's going to cost you that. Um, I think general admission is $1,500. So for a premium ticket, that sort of upgrade with restaurant, $5,500, quite reasonable. We have corporate packages in Australia that go up into the tens of thousands of dollars. You generally get a little bit more than this for your money, but that to me is not over the money. Because as I was saying, this is not the same clientele that goes to uh, a NASCAR race. This is a lot more um, sort of, premium brand people, a lot of people that are involved in um, the financial world follow it. Um, it. It is a more aspirational um, petrol head um, thing for me. Yeah, one. this is in $2,000 a day is essentially what you're looking yeah. at, right? <clears throat> and you get to be there for the race. So yeah. oh, it's worse than – and you get booze, you get sushi. You know, you might have, I might, my ass would have mercury poisoning by the end of this weekend because I – I have that bad disease where I'm like, oh, I got to max out if I'm yep. going to fucking pay this much money for something. So, so um, what I would say to people, if you really want to see an F1 event, don't see it in Vegas. If you really want to see Vegas, don't do it during the F1 weekend. There are plenty of great venues around the world to go and see F1. Go down to Mexico or Brazil, relatively close. Go go up to Canada or go to one of the other no, don't go to Miami. That's that's a corporate event too. Go to, go to Austin. Austin's a genuine Formula One event with like real Mexican fans that come in. That's that's a hell of a race to go yeah. to. Probably still more expensive. Hey, buy a plane ticket. Go to Hungary. Hungary is cheap. Hungary is a beautiful city. Budapest, magnificent city. Great racetrack. Great atmosphere. One of the cheapest places on the Formula One calendar. I think you can get a three day pass there for a for one hundred and fifty bucks. Um, get plenty right. of action in. Yeah. Well, come to Australia. Sounds Fuck great. it. Go to Elbert Park in March. That's well, the way I, I do oh, it. Oh, okay. I'm like, I am going to Australia during this, actually. Yeah, we only out, have but, F1 uh, <laughs> <laughs> once um, a year, and that's generally around the March-April time period. So, hey, we'll, we'll we, get we can wa- We can watch the race, Tony. Don't worry. We can, we can, we'll be there during it. What time, what time will it be? What's uh, that? 
It'll be about, it'll be four hours from now. Yeah. And the race starts, so. It'll oh, be lunch, it'll be, what, what time is it there right now, one o'clock? Uh, yeah, 12.45. Okay, so around, you know, happy hour time, we'll be, they'll be playing the uh, F1. Yep, we'll be in a sports bar somewhere watching it. Well, not just a sports oh, yeah. bar, anywhere that's got F1 on, which will be a lot of places. It's available on our cable TV on, on Fox. We Excellent. get We get I, Martin and, and I won't, Karun and everybody. I won't, be, I won't be dealing with the traffic, so that'll be awesome. Yeah. Now, do you understand the sheer, um, like, disruption that it will be for a week? This is the thing when they're all talking about that this was going to go on. I know it's three days, but it really starts on the Wednesday. They start locking it down Wednesday night. Thursday, everything will be – oh, well, yep. well, it'll actually be Tuesday because, um, yeah, that'll be a Sunday for us, of course, because this is one of the rare events that takes place on a Saturday. There's only been one other Formula One race that has taken place. It'll be, sun- it'll be Sunday afternoon by the time this race yeah. uh, gets going. Um no, I, I understand it will be a – I've said this already about this on here. <clears throat> this will be a much bigger undertaking than the Super Bowl will yes. for Vegas, I think, just from a, a logistics standpoint, uh, the traffic, the street management, stuff like that. Um, that said, Vegas is a pretty pedestrian-friendly town. Um, it, it does have – a. Um, it's not a transportation-friendly place. Not You know, it's not good with that. But it's easy to walk around. Um, I'm sure, uh, you know, if you're smart and you can afford to be down there, you're you're already having plans of being at a place for this stuff. I understand yeah. that it'll be different for the employees. Um, I also know that these casinos have a lot invested in keeping their high rollers happy. Yep. And well, continuing if- to either gamble or do whatever it is they're going to do. Yeah, even so the general public. I don't su- I don't suspect they will be taking a lot of risks without with being understaffed. Yeah. Or um, what they will managed. And that's what I was sort of thinking is they'll have a lot of things in place. They'll have buses in place to ferry people to and from pickup points and, and exits and things like that. Not so much for the holiday makers. They they will find their own way, but they will efficiently be able to shuttle their staff from yep. one area outside the perimeter of the track. and um, But the logistics involved in that is going to be intensive. And, and that's what I was kind of getting at. Yeah, Super Bowls are big and they are perhaps a bigger event, but they're more condensed in a much tighter area. Um, this is, what, three and a half mile track. Um, yep. So once you take into all the safety um, equipment, it's mm-hmm. probably close to a five or six mile exclusion zone. Uh, perimeter, not so much exclusion zone, but peripherals that it'll, it'll affect and everything in, inside the circuit, it will affect. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be fun it'll see be, how it holds up. It'll be interesting. And the, the the casinos, if they want it to go smoothly, have plenty of money to make it go smoothly. Yep. If they, if they cheap out and they don't help their staff manage the challenges of a weekend like this, they will fuck themselves. Hey, uh, but quick question. Have you ever seen a casino cheap out and not pay like a ransomware threat or anything? I have. So that's, <laughs> you know, maybe that, that, that is a concern, right? So yep. they they are getting stupider. 
So maybe, maybe that's true. You know, um, I'll tell you one place that's going to rock. They're going to, they're going to kill it. I think is Ellis Island who has a prime seat for this. Shit. Oh yeah, they do. And I think they're going to try to max the hell out of this. Uh, this is going to make their fucking century. Yep. Um, it's, it's going to be crazy at that place. All right, Tony. Good, good chit chat this week. Why don't we, uh, hop over to the discord for a little bit, huh? We can do that. We certainly can. <laughs> All right. Had a few beers get posted up here. Max Allotment, uh, back at it with the carton. Uh, had the oak aged blueberry sour called Context 2. A year of cellar time, sharp oaky dry edges receding into the background, bright zingy blueberry and white grape over an ascetic and funky wild ale frame. Saving another bottle for next year. Great idea. Hey, uh, sounds great. I'm sure it's. I'm sure that's lovely. I would love to have some carton sour. Uh, might try to. You know, I think I'll be on the East Coast next year, actually. So maybe I'll get my hands on some. Um, Torque. Someone told me about another brewery that wasn't on my list. Uh, this is called the Farmhouse Ale, and oh no, no, this is called Devil Bend Farm Beer on the Mornington Peninsula. It a farmhouse ale, a stumpy lager. 10 decent taps and good food. And it was packed. Look at that. Looks like a nice place. Looks like got a farmhouse look about it for sure. It, it does, yep. Looks like a, a rustic kind of barn. I'm not sure whether it's I been purpose-built. Probably has, but yeah. Got, got uh, some Great. Nick, good aesthetic. Nick was also a wolf in the willows, drinking some barrel-aged imperial stout. Uh, and he's close to Boat Rocker. All right, he thinks he's a top ten brewery, so this is one we're gonna have to hit, Tony. Yep. I know it's not close, but I know that's out there. I'm checking out the menu here. They have a cool looking, um, they have a nice look and feel here with the tiles, like the subway tile type look, and the um, and the um, sort of minimalist looking beer list with the um, what would you, what would you call these things? Uh, however they set it up. So it looks like they have um, a lager, um, a mango pale. We got an extra pale, West uh, East Coast IPA, West Coast like, IPA on here. Hell yeah. How would I describe that? Uh, like a marquee um, lettering that you would yeah. see on like a cinema or theater. That's a great point, yeah. I think I definitely would be getting that Imperial, barely Imperial Stout. Of course, but they, I would have to try. I mean, I I will always get a West Coast IPA almost anywhere, but and they do. Great I would West really Coast. have. To, I would have to get on this Imperial Plum Gosa. That's what I was gonna get on. Yep, that's, that's crazy. It's eight and a half percent, bro. Yep, What's that that's a big big boy. Then I posted up here a uh, a menu from the Ode Beer Ode Beerzel. Uh, event which included the brewer and fountain, the recent refounder of Ode Beerzel, um, Gert Christians, was there. Um, cool. and they had a crazy beer list. So, spoiler alert, some of these are going to make it into beer of the week. <laughs> um, but I will shout out, um, it won't be the beer of the week, but it was a top beer, was the salt, the draft salted tangerine peel infused lambic. Um, they were really doing some experimental stuff. I didn't ever realize that Beerzel was this experimental, but the uh, the salted tangerine peel lambic on draft was fire. Um, really, really great stuff, and there were some killer bottles. So um, get ready for that in the beer of the week segment. 
let's go over to In the Kitchen. In the Kitchen? Oh, uh, just speaking about In the Kitchen, I just thought I would let you know. Uh, chicken palm shapes, they have been secured. Mm. Big news. That's great news. Now, I did post in here, too. This was the same day. Before I went to uh, Silver Stamp, I did have to pop over to uh, Yukon Pizza, one of the best pizza places and kitchens just in general in Vegas right now. Um, this was I had a nice grandma slice here, Tony. That looked good. It was a, extremely good with the cup and char peps, and these wings were killer. Alpastor wings. Oh. So they were in an Alpastor sauce, I would say. Um, so it was like achiote pineapple that they they cooked off in the pizza oven and uh, some onions and, and peppers and stuff with the homemade jalapeno ranch. Ooh, so good. That was an A-plus lunch right there. I was a big fat fucker and ate all this, so that's cool. Um, Nick picked up some bulldog... Bulldog, Bulldog 3X spicy chicken ramen from Korea. Insanely hot. Definitely not intended for Westerners. <laughs> uh, does he consider himself a Westerner or just me? I can't tell. Are you guys No, Westerners? he considers himself a Westerner. But Nick's like, okay. Nick likes to push himself, as we all do, I think. And, yeah, um, I'll, I'll stick to my shin ramen. Um, Going to have some shin ramen for lunch, actually. Love that shit. Who doesn't love yeah, this instant is, noodle? This is... Uh, <laughs> This is going to take care of uh, two bowls. Number one, the bowl that you eat out of and the toilet bowl, which is about to get fucking destroyed. Well, that's what get um, Grandma Purist posted underneath. Yeah, Grandma Purist. <laughs> I'll pray for your toilet survival. Um, and then uh, Corey got in here with some help for, uh, for Nick, too, with the Toto's Wellness Toilet from PC Mag. It will analyze your poop. So by analyzing your fecal matter... The smart commode can determine your health and offer recommendations to improve it. And I don't need any part of that thing. Um, <laughs> don't don't drink barley wine. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> Shut up. Um, I didn't know about this from Nick, that Germany, the toilets have a poop shelf that you can examine your turds before hey. you flush. And if you need... Um... A bowel cancer check. Well, how am I going to... What am I going to know? I just... It's just well, if a you have blood in your stool, it. you can detect it then. It doesn't oh, always yeah. detect when you wipe. Right. I mean, generally, I, I'll... You know, maybe maybe every once in a while, I'll give it a once-over and be like, nothing in there? All right, we're good. Yeah, this looks pretty normal. Um, but I don't need a shelf. I don't know if I need to... All right. Is this something you've seen in Australia, Tony? No, we don't have them in Australia. Um, it's just, um, yeah, we only have two kinds of toilets, those that um, that flush correctly and those at the U.S. Embassy, as Corey has put I, down <laughs> further. So, so Tony, so Tony uh, Corey posts um, about American toilets, and, and this is the Simpsons bit about the American toilets spinning the other way. But... Um, I wanted to bring this up. There was an Australian comic that I follow who who had mentioned on a podcast I was listening to that um, what did uh, I say? he found that he found that American and Canadian toilets were especially huge compared to Australian toilets. Very true. Which I thought was a funny thing to think about. Well, like we have our bigger asses or something. I guess we do. It's not so much bigger asses. You use a bigger ceramic 
um, bowl, and therefore you use much more water to flush than we do. Oh, yeah. We use but, quite yeah. minimal water to flush. It doesn't – like the first time I was ever at LAX and it did the full – fill up and then go down, that freaked me out, spin around and go down. Ours, you just push the water and it just shoots it out the hole and it sits in the pipe. Um, it's pretty much what your European toilet is. I mean, yeah, it is, it is just a European toilet that spins correctly. Um, yeah, <laughs> they all spin. <laughs> Isn't that fake? Coriolis effect is not, or effect is not real, I don't think. <laughs> I guess no. I'll find out. It is real. Yeah, it does spin the opposite. No, it's not way. real. It is. It is. No, I've I've looked this up. The Coriolis effect is um, a a fictitious force that acts on objects in motion within a frame of reference that re- rotates in respect to an inertial frame. So the toilets don't actually. The Simpsons were joking. They were lying. It's not real. I was in Brazil. The toilets spin the same way. Do they? Yeah. It's crazy. I think it just has to do with the toilet. And actually, most of the toilets in Europe, you don't even see any spin. They pretty no, much just like... we don't see spin in ours, actually. Right, yeah, yeah. And that's what I was yeah, I don't think it trying to get in at. It's the, it's the don't use a gallon of, you know, six gallons of water to flush your toilet. All right, Tony, I think that's... Is that Enough all we got this toilet? week? Yeah, I think that's enough toilet talk for now. Uh, why don't we go on to the, our logger of the week? Oh, shit. Okay, let me get across there. Griff's logger of the week. Griff's logger of the week. I'm going to jump in funny. here with, with, a oh, non, yeah, get it. with a non-lager. I'm going to make this Griff's Lager of the Week and Tony's whatever else he's drinking that's not beer segment. Now, I had a decision to make at the local IGA. I was going to get more of the um, Kieran Lemon. I think I spoke about that last week. Fucking delicious. Sure. And they had three new Bilsons flavour. And I'm going to ask you if you think I made the right choice. My three options were uh, Lamington. Cake or pink fairy floss? Oh, wow. I only had the budget for one of those four packs, one of those three, four packs. What do you think was the right decision? You said Lamington, Lamington, fairy floss. No, it is fairy floss. Cotton candy. Cotton candy, okay. Ooh, I would. Ha- I think I would go Lamington. I'd go coconut on it. I made the right choice, and I'm going to have right. to get you a four pack. You're a coconut lover. You would love these things. It is so good. All right, all right. I I do love coconut. So yeah, I'm on board with that. Um, I'll go with. I have an actual lager this week, Tony, and it is one I've picked before, but not the not the original most famous lager of the week. This is. The one that is actually our um, emoji for Lager of the Week on our Discord it is the Freem Lager. Straight down the middle, uh, easy drinking beer, fresh and smooth, with nuanced notes of lem- melon and honey from, from Freem. This is their take on American Lager. And I do And it's uh, unbelievable. Yeah, they had it on draft at Corey's on Saturday. Met up with a buddy there, and it was all I really wanted. Uh, it was very, very tasty. Very nice beer. 
Excellent. Why don't we move on to the beers of the week? No, you can go first. I'll go first. All right. I'm good. I'm ready to go. All right, Tony. This is probably one of the weirder ones I've ever done. I usually am pretty straight down the middle with some kind of barley wine or stout or maybe like a kind of down the middle lambic. But this beer has had me thinking about it ever since I left uh, Silver Stamp on Saturday or Sunday. Sorry. This is the uh, this came in only a bottle. It is the red Szechuan pepper lambic. Ooh. Lambic infused with red Szechuan peppers from Ode Beersel. And they ain't kidding when they say it's infused with red Szechuan peppers. It is not spicy. Uh, red Szechuan peppers aren't really spicy. Uh, they're, they have a numbing, numbing character quality, yeah. and, a, and sort of a unique. I don't know how you describe it, Tony. They definitely have like a, a citrus, not acidic citrus, but almost like a. Oh, um, yeah. Uh, it's it's a if you haven't had it i'm sure many of our listeners have have enough to have stuff it's it's definitely citrusy a, but like um, a distilled this, essence kind of way yeah it's, it's yeah. yeah it's got this slight savoriness to it but not intense and um it'll tingle and so in the beer i was drinking it and i'm like i'm not really getting the tingle but i'm getting the taste i love that taste and um, then I got all the way through five ounces, and it was there. I had <laughs> at the heat tingle. It's not a heat. No. It has nothing to do with heat. It's just like this sort of fun little numb, like, like um, the way a clove numbs you tingling. up, but different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Different yeah, yeah. To that. yeah. And um, it's, it's wonderful. You don't lose your taste at all. It just sort of like softens everything a little bit. And, yep. Um, Man, that was really wonderful. I, I was so impressed with how well they did that. I, I've i talked about it on here many times. I hate beer with peppers in it. It tastes like vegetables to me. It tastes, you know, you put jalapenos in a beer, it tastes like just green bell pepper, or green grass or whatever. This had none of that. This was a perfect additive, and especially with the sour lambic against it. Um, it's played so nice. So that was really amazing and a... Second shout out for the other beer on this list that I loved, which is the Eau de Goose Demi Demi Mui, we'll say, I guess. Um, it was the uh, first. It was the Goose aged in um, Chateauneuf de Pop and uh, Bordeaux barrels yep. for uh, a few years, and it was very good. So awesome, Tony. How about you? I've got an honorable mention, then a um, legitimately um, beer of the week. My honourable mention actually gets the highest rating. It only gets an honourable mention because it's the second time I've had it, and that is the Apple Brandy Barrel Barrel Age Stout from Dayton's that I'm saving you a couple of cans of because I know you enjoy that fucking delicious barley wine. Um, absolutely killer. But Goodland, just down the road into Rogan, um, they had a – what do they call it? One second. It's just in, um, I think they might call it a Pacific IPA. It's um, 
a beer called Cosmic Juice. So if you see it on Australian shelves, check it out. 5.8% juicy, delicious um, beer with Galaxy in it. Um, and one where the Galaxy is actually used with a little bit of restraint and it isn't um, where Galaxy can get ropey at the moment. Um, they certainly used yeah. enough restraint where it didn't get to that point. So I really enjoyed that. Um, Jimmy knows what he's doing at, at Goodland. So, yeah, good stuff. Yeah, we've had a couple influxes here in Vegas too. So we'll have some upcoming beers of the week. From uh, We just started getting beer from Carl Strauss. Nice. A uh, famous San Diego, long-time yeah. San Diego brewery. And uh, we just got all this big dump of Lambic from from Lime and, and various uh, other places. So pretty good stuff. Now, uh, all right. Yes. I just want to um, issue a correction. Griff is correct. The Coriolis effect is a real thing. But, yeah, it doesn't have enough force to work <coughs> on toilets or bathtubs. So if you had a giant sinkhole, perhaps it would work and it would drain especially if you're close to either of the poles. Perhaps it would work then. It is a real effect, but it's just not strong enough. If you, if you fall into a pit to hell from the southern hemisphere, you will spin the other way. Yes, you, because the gravity has more effect the further and further you go down. So, yes, you are potentially if you're cave diving with Elon Musk because you are going to hell, then, yes, that, that is definitely an opportunity. But what I was going to say is MAFCO are starting to can in November. We were just doing the sums yesterday on what we want to put in cans. Uh, so that's exciting. So you might be able to take some back to Melbourne or take some back to Vegas and maybe even That'd one of awesome. my ESBs that uh, will be my recipe. I would love to do that, yeah. Get the Maf- get some MAFCO beer shared at a Silver Stamp. That's what we really need. Hell yeah. All right, Tony, why don't we do some hyperbeer dork shit news? Well, we would if I can find the thing, and I have. Look at that. Professional today. Hyperbeer and dork shit news. Why is it when I'm always more enthused to do the show, I always fuck up the drops? I think it's because I get too busy focused on what we're talking about and not looking at the, the board to actually think about what's coming up. So I apologise, people. I'll get better in the weeks and months to come. Yeah, we'll, we'll get good at podcasting in, by episode 400. Um, Maybe. Hey, Joe <laughs> Rogan still hasn't got good at it. Tony, he's on like 3,000 episodes or something, right? I wonder if Russell uh, Brand will put out an episode this week. My God. Um, <laughs> I was going to say that maybe you just get out of practice with the uh, soundboard because Brian hates the soundboard so much. I know. I that, really uh, do. I've, you I've really one drop. There would be an amazing thing for you to just torture him by fucking hitting sounds during his show would be really good. Yes, I'm like... Uh, you'd have to create some new ones, I think, for him. Oh, come on. We can... <laughs> oh, I'm bombarding them all at once. <laughs> that laughter goes on for a ridiculous amount of time. That's the default sound. Because forever, uh, Tony. This was big news in the uh, for uh, our Chicago and friends, uh, and including me, who will eventually be back there for you know at least Christmas. Three Floyd's Brewing plans to reopen its brew pub. Finally, How about that woo. Um, 
so this is from Josh Noel. I don't have a story to back this up because I don't really need to read Crane's Chicago business to tell me this. Don't you? But the interesting nugget out of this is that 50-50 Restaurant Group is going to manage the food, beverage, retail operations. So 50-50 Restaurant, I, I think they're just contracting out the op side of it. Yep. Um, it, and 50-50 Restaurant is a, a group is a good restaurant group in the Chicago area. Um, they run a, a, a good handful of, of good places, including a, a bar that I really like called um, the Berkshire Room, a good bakery called Westtown Bakery, and a, um, a restaurant uh, called Roots Handmade Pizza, which is a really excellent beer bar that sells Quad City-style pizza, which is something that is quite... Um, Them back. I think they'll do a good job of maintaining the culture of three Floyds and just maybe taking some of the heavy lifting off their hands. So, yep. Um, that'll be, that'll be great to have them back. I'm, I'm hoping they do a good job and keep the, you know, the, keep the character of it pretty well intact. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. That was a quick one. So Tony, you know, I got to go back into some Fox news, Anheuser-Busch news. You know, I love this shit. We've been talking about it for God knows how many months, six months now feels like. But this is from Fox News and Christine Parks. Ex-Anheuser-Busch employees accused company of cowardice over the Dylan Mulvaney backlash. Frustrated former employees of Anheuser-Busch complained that incompetent leadership cowered in fear to the criticism it faced for partnering with Dylan Mulvaney and should have doubled down in supporting the transgender influencer. I really wish we had stuck to our guns and said, we did this for everyone, get over it. And that's correct, essentially, right? They, as we've talked about on this show, they uh, backpedaled and made things 20 times worse. Um, we know that these stories um, float away eventually if you can just, like, yeah, but they stick keep, to your guns, you know? They, they, keep, kept they keep going back and forth, and they kept fucking up. Yeah, they kept, they kept flip-flopping. They kept making it a story into another story into another story into another story. And they got the they got what they fucking deserved. So, but here's the thing: I don't understand why hasn't the CEO faced pressure to resign from the stakeholders? Oh, I get it. He owns most of the shares because of, and his mates own most of the shares because of the corporate yep. structures and his payouts. Oh, go figure. It's a wonderful but system. This is pretty much what you get when you do everything out of fear, right? I mean, this is what a lot of big companies do that control yep. the market. They operate out of fear, and it really um, hampers their ability to innovate or improve in any way. So their their fear costs them a lot in this case. They're down 30% since last year. And uh, they look like big dickheads, and uh, nobody cares. And, and so, nobody and really likes Bud Light anyways. No, they, they, they're a spineless corporation, and it really showed that it – well, I don't know whether it has because, you know, people are dumb. But it does show the um, the actual spinelessness of a corporation as much as they put out all these ads about, like, caring and whatever else. When it comes down to it, the, these bodies are so big and so busy looking at their bottom line, they don't actually do anything good for the community, let alone anything bad for the community because they're too busy worried about um, their image and everything they do is about image, whether it's good or bad, whether it's panic or whether it's about like you see the ads on TV with like 
British Petroleum and American Petroleum and all that sort of shit. And it's all just about perceived image rather than actually doing anything for the community. And I, it's great that Bud Light have suffered. Um, and I think it's, I think it's kind of just shows that, um, yeah, corporate greed is a thing, but the bigger motivator for people to move away from brands is corporate fear. So let's make these brands afraid. Just want to interrupt you for some breaking news, Tony. Yep. Um, this is from Ben Ben Shapiro. Oh, I love me some I'm Ben Shapiro. Kidding. Pulse of the nation speaks for all of us. He says Russell Russell Brand was thirty and she was apparently sixteen. Now in the United States, crime. In the UK, not crime. The age of consent in the UK is sixteen. Scuzzy, scumbaggy behavior? Sure. Criminal behavior? No. Um, that's not the issue, Mister. Um Pope of the Jews. Um, the issue is the fact that he forcibly held her up against a wall and then had right. intercourse against her will. There was no, mm. there has been no talk of this being a um, issue of statutory rape. This is full-on sexual assault rape. we're talking about here. But if you want to whitewash it, hey, put your put your stake into Russell Brand. Um, Get on his side. It's going to end really well for you. Everybody knew Russell Brand was a shithead. Uh, and finally, people have um, banded together and there are enough people coming at him that hopefully he doesn't work for a while. That's all I hope. Dude, there was an Onion article that said a report 94% of America thought Russell Brand was already convict a convicted sex offender. <laughs> <laughs> Which is true. Are you sure that I wasn't was like, a Snopes article? <laughs> I mean, it, I was. It was like I thought he had already fucked up somehow. I mean, I hadn't th- thought about him in years. I don't know what are they. Is he popular still in places? Oh yeah, he he's anything? a big anti vaxxer oh. um, oh god. Yeah, real, real shithead in society. Yeah, um, I really have not. Has that a guy has not. Cr- well, yeah. Uh, hey, we all we all do now, right? Uh, he hasn't crossed my mind in since. In get him to the Greek. That was a good right. movie. Rose Byrne, love I, Rose Byrne. She's a fucking. I chair. actually did not see that movie, but oh. anything um, with Rose Byrne in, in it is great. She's an absolute legend of Australian cinema. Um, love her thing on Apple TV with Seth Rogen. That that's a really fun show, and it's based around a brewery. So. Hi. There we go. All right. Here's something from the New York Post. This is some more high-quality journalism. This is from Alexandra Klossner. The part of beer you hate most is one reason why it tastes so good. Uh, This is from a study. Uh, This is from the Journal of the American Society of Brewing Chemists. Found that the beer's foam makes it doubly aromatic, therefore making it more delicious. This study was conducted by researchers from the Kaishu Sanyo University in Fukuoka, Japan, as well as the Japanese brewing company Asahi. The study authors explain that the bubbles in the beer hold flavor compounds, and when a bubble bursts, the flavor is released in the air, right? Okay, yeah, yeah, we know. Um, so we always, so first of all, Tony, you and I are, are fucking dorks. Yes. We already knew this. Yes. Uh, that foam is an important part of the beer. I would also contend, now is this a take in Australia? 
Is foam the part of beer we hate the most? Yes, because it has been drilled into us from the English that a full pint is liquid to the fucking brim because otherwise you're getting ripped off. Um, It's something that pisses me off about the local patrons uh, at MAFCO and around the place. Uh, And when I watch a bartender do it, uh, it pisses me off. Always leave at least a good finger of head on most beers. At least. Um, yeah, at least. And it really comes down to a cultural thing that's been drilled into us. And who actually hates foam? It's just because people think they're getting dudded out of beer. And they're not. They're not. It's a crucial part of beer. It really is something that should be a part of beer when it's presented. And, yes, it does make a hell of a lot of difference. And there's even a way of pouring a beer that actually is all about the fucking foam. I was going to say, it's all foam. There's a check, there's a, I mean, they pour check pills with the milk pour or whatever, right? Yep. The all foam pour. And you couldn't get a more traditional beer style. That is, 200 years has been the same. Basically, since we've had um, coked um, barley, that beer has been unchanged. And that's how they pour it. Why? Not because of tradition. Because it's the most delicious way to do it. But we're conditioned in the Western world. I think it's I don't think it's that different in America that that foam is a part of beer that, that people it, underestimate it its importance. It just tastes it's beer a beer is so much I whenever I see one get poured out that way, I'm like, this is fucked. Yep. I see a beer that's liquid at the top, I'm like, I'm not gonna like this. Because well, you're missing a good I'm part spoiled. of the experience. Because 90% right. of your olfactory system is your nose. Your nose is super important in beer. You put your, your mouth through your glass in. You, you took a big sip and, yeah, um, it's a super important part. Of the, this of the says that researchers found that the aroma components, uh, components, components were one point, that's the Italian version. <laughs> uh, we're 1.3 to 1.9 times higher in the beer with a frothier head compared to the flat beer. Well, no shit. And it it does help with, with um, bubbles. I like bubbles in beer. You know, I, I mean, I'll drink a real ale. You know, I like it to be appropriately carbonated. Yeah. I'm going to drink an IPA or a Pills. Like, I want a nice pop. And um, the foam will help you with that. It'll, it'll give you a lid for the carbon dioxide, give you a nice, you know, well uh, well carbonated Beer where it won't get flat in about ten seconds. Yeah, but what we're talking about here is is most beers, and yes, a hand pump is different. But even then, you still should get a, a nice light covering of foam. It shouldn't be completely yeah. glass flat on 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 the top. Mm-hmm. And hey, we're doing our part to stop ourselves from getting Alzheimer's. What was I going to say? Oh, that's right. A study found that in moderation, beer might help you from getting Alzheimer's. That was at the bottom of the article. Great. As long as I can hold it together otherwise, I'm in good shape, Alzheimer's-wise. Um, all right. I got one more story here, and this will lead us into our little game I got. Okay. It's from the Detroit Free Press. Detroit, home of celebrity fuckers making a beer. Um, <laughs> rock legend Sammy Hagar dives into craft beer, plans Red Rocker Lager debut in Detroit. Now he's known as the Red Rocker and a former frontman for Van Halen and Montrose, but Sammy Hagar is also known for his success in the spirits business. That's what I was going to say. Tequila. Now I know, uh, I know at least one comic 
I have been. I had dinner with at least one comic the other day <laughs> who performed above Sammy Hagar's fucking tequila bar or whatever in the in like a dark hallway at <laughs> the Planet Hollywood. Um, now he is getting into the craft beer business. He's released the Red Rocker Lager, made here in Detroit Rock City through his relatively new Red Rocker Brewing Company. Uh, it's going to be, uh, oh, it's brewed in Corktown at the Brew Detroit facility. I'm guessing that's a contract brewer, like yep. over, it just does all contract brewing. Um, all right, Tony, let, let's look at this. So we got, we got some nice PR speak here. Let's take a look at this. Rock and roll is at the heart of Red Rocker Brewing Co. And there's no better place to brew our beer than in Detroit Rock City, Agar said in Monday's news release. We created Red Rocker Lager to not only honor the fans, but also pay tribute to the soul of Detroit rock and roll. He says he worked for months <laughs> with Red Rock Company head brewer Cameron Schubert and Brew Detroit to formulate the beer to their liking. And it'll release next uh, month at a concert event. It's a Mexican lager, 4.3%. There you go. Mexican lager. Not... Not what I was thinking when he uses the Red Rocker. I know that's his brand, but I was thinking like, I don't know. I, I was just thinking like Red Ale, even though it's got lager on the can. I was thinking like a fat tire sort of thing or a, um, I don't know, just the Red Rocker. I know it's his personal brand and that's why it's labelled that, but Mexican lager, surely you can come up with a better name than Red Rocker. Surely. That fits with your personal like, branding. I think it's pretty terrible. Well, I, I saw that and I thought of a beer that I used to love a long time ago. Man, Red Hook. can I find this beer? Red Racer is what it was called, Tony. Tony, this beer, this is such a deep cut beer. This is the ultimate fucking nerd shit for me to think about. This beer called Red Racer IPA, which is a very delicious IPA. A brewery in Canada, I think. Yeah, Surrey, British Columbia, Canada. Um, and I, I had this IPA. Was I in Canada? No, I was not. I don't know when I got this, but I really loved this IPA. And I thought about it when I saw Red Rocker, a beer that I drank. This is 12 years ago I drank this fucking IPA. But I did really like it. It was like a West Coast IPA. Yeah, Magnum, where. Centennial, Amarillo, and Simcoe. Old school. Yep. Some old school. Anyways, Sammy Hagar says it's, he says it's less, uh, this is a quote, less like a Corona or a Tecate, more like a Modelo. He <laughs> meant Modelo. But that's what they put in the Detroit Free Press. I think, I mean, listen, if I were him, I would try to be like Modelo too because it's, it's the best selling Right. So yeah, mine's more like Modelo, the good the good one that everybody buys. Yeah, rather than the the one it. everybody drinks in Vegas, which is right. Like Dosekis or um Tecate or whatever it is. It's, it's Corona. <laughs> um a lot of them drink Modelo. It's a lot of Modelo here now because it's everywhere. Yeah. Um I'll drink it in a can, I don't care. Hi, Tony. Well, you know, I thought it was interesting that we've got more bands making beers, more celebrities making beers. I thought we'd do a little bit of an Untrapped. They haven't actually, you know what, I've been working hard, haven't done Untrapped in weeks now. So I thought we got to get Tony back in this fucking well. 
he's missing his full bush and um you know, 70s 60s 70s 80s porno uh, so tony get down there kicking you down we're gonna play a round of untrapped with all these is all beers from some of your favorite bands Tony, we got three beers here, as we know, with the rules on trap to remind everyone. Tony gets two of the three, or better. Uh, we will fish him out of there. If he doesn't, he's stuck down there with all of the old school uh, porno mags and videos one can desire. One wonders if he even wants to leave. You know what? What are the benefits up here? Well, up here he can see Lauren Bobert videos. This is and true. Maybe she. St- what if she started OnlyFans while Tony was down there? You know, what if she? Just a uh, question. A, what do you think her bush situation is? Ooh, I gotta say she is clean. No, you're wrong there. It's Dorito chip. Everybody knows it's Dorito chip. Everybody knows. Everybody knows it's Dorito chip. Great point. <laughs> so Actually, you know what? You're right. Title. <laughs> you know what? You know what? I gotta go with you. I, I think. Just the way you said it, the confidence, I think, really made me feel good about it. Uh, I'm just writing that down. Okay. Uh, all right. Tony, the first one I got for you, you know, we were talking, uh, I know you've been involved in, you know, a friend of ours has been perusing various 90s, 90s bands. Yep. Uh, this is a 90s, bit of a 90s band here. This is from, here's called Phantom Bride. It is from Belching Beaver and the Deftones. Tony, are you familiar with the Deftones? The Deftones are a great rock band. Like I thought you were going to pick like yeah. shitty like eighties and uh, or like ooh, one I got, wonders from the nineties, but we're, Deftones. We're starting. Well, we're starting with you know we're starting with one that you feel better about. Yeah, yeah. Because out of all the tone-based bands, that was your best choice. Because your other choice there, of course, is the Mighty Mighty Bus Tones, and they've turned into shitheads. Oh yeah, well that's some that's more ska. This I would call a little bit harder than Oh yeah. Yeah. The Mighty Mighty Boss Tones for sure. This is more of your like art rock, you know, a yeah. bit of a new metal bent for a little yeah. bit in there and a, a dash of shoegaziness right. with the hard metal. Yeah. It's good. It was all in there, yep. Yeah. Um but this beer uh, sounds lovely. I probably even had it. I don't know. Named after the ethereal song by the one and only Deftones, Phantom Bride IPA is a blend of Amarillo. Citra, Simcoe, and Mosaic hops, delicately balanced, the perfectly drinkable mix of citrus and hoppy goodness. This is 7.1%, 55 IBUs. Tony, it has 68,914 ratings. So Belching Beaver, a good-sized brewery, Southern California brewery, um, with a few locations in the San Diego and um, uh, uh, North County area. Based on appearance... I have not checked this in. This has a very neo West Coast uh, appearance, and gotcha. sounds like it too, based on the hop combo here. Yeah, but I do like how they said a delicate balance of all those hops. Really, you can jam those hops into any beer in any quantity, and it's gonna be good because they're like the cheetah hops. Yeah, you're it's gonna really you're hard gonna, to fuck them up. This is a very this is a very available beer here in Vegas too, so maybe I have to try it. 
Yeah, S- sounds delicious. I'm going to say this comes in just right on your four mark at 4.06. That's where I think it comes in. And I'll just give you some reasoning for it. I think it's a style that everybody loves. I think this is a good example of the style from a good brewery but doesn't reach the heights that perhaps a, um, a beer of this style can reach. So 4.6. 4.06, sorry. Hi, Tony. Unfortunately, it's a bit of an overshoot from you. Ooh. I think you may you may be overestimating how much uh, people will rate um, West Coast IPA here. Uh, this is getting a, a solid score, a score that would encourage me to drink it at a 3.87. Okay, that's um, fine. I'm in the ballpark. With the 68... Thousand ratings, I think, were maybe one of the challenges uh, walking into a beer uh, here. Uh, it does have check-ins in Thailand, I'm going to say. What? Is this language? <laughs> yep. Uh, this beer is fucking everywhere, apparently. Um, yeah, I got some check-ins in Thailand. There's some Vegas. Uh, we got some Buffalo Wild Wingses. We got some... Uh, Europe in here, uh, yeah, widely available IPA. All right, next up, Tony, you like the Deftones. Well, let's see where we can take it now. Uh, this one, and Tony, I'm, I, I, you know what? Some of these, I'm just not sure how familiar you are with these. This is a favorite of mine just for the pure hilarity of it all. This is called War Beer. <laughs> Love me some full body um, bodysuit action. Yeah. Who doesn't love some love guar. some some uh, what kind of metal would you call that? Like mumble metal, costume metal? I don't know. Don't know my oh, metal. Oh yeah, genres. I mean, it's it's a whole act. I mean, that's just one of those things that's like it's like thrash metal or some shit like that. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. They're, they're nuts. But it's it's that's a whole act. You're not going to that just because you're like. Oh, I just love the music. You know, it's a, I mean, the music's fun. It's performance it's a art. whole fucking, it's a whole art thing. And I have a ton of respect for that, to be honest. Yep. I think it's great that they go out there and they're still doing it. They've been doing it for almost 40 years. So. And they're still anonymous, aren't um, they? Um, no, I think we know some of them. Oh, okay. uh, generally, you know, their, na- their names are like Balsack or whatever the fuck, you know. <laughs> yeah. Because I love an anonymous thing. rock band. There was a band in Australia called Tism. Um, yes, mm. playing on the the jism um, side of things, and they had some some hilarious songs. I'm on the drug that killed River Phoenix, uh, and they always wore the ski masks, and nobody ever um, let on who they were. I'm sure they were known within the music community, but to the general public, they were. If you haven't way. seen it, you should watch. Everybody should watch the Guar Tiny Desk concert. It's yeah, that is that is awesome thing to watch. Um, but here we go. This is a five and a half percent, fifty IBUs, uh, about seventeen hundred ratings on this. It's from Cigar City is making this. Holy American shit! Pale Ale, they call it. This special batch of Guar beer was brewed exclusively for the annual Guarbecue in Richmond, Virginia. Cigar City from Tampa, Florida. Food fun, babes and sun. Life's not like that. Guar beer, when life gets a little too real. Uh, it's a light, crushable pale ale brewed with an obnoxious amount of hops. We use seven different hop varieties, which gives the beer enough hop flavor. Blow your head off into a few thousand pieces. 
5% American Pale from Cigar City. The last check-in on this. So this is this is starting to get, um, I'd say the last meaningful. This was uh, a beer from the 2016 is when this really hit. 2016, 2015. So I think you're looking at this is a bit of an older style beer. Um, there is some check-ins from 2020, but that means they were drinking. I would say that's almost certain that they were drinking a five-year-old yep. beer. Now, are the Gua, I don't know about Gua fandom, are they like the Insane Clown Posse where they're like crazy? Like, uh, the, I'm sure they have their fans that are that way. I don't think they have enough. I think I think <laughs> someone's going to come get me for this, but I, I really would think the Insane Clown Posse have, at this point, more living massive fans, right? Or, or at least ones that are... I mean, I, it's always crazy. I mean, they, a lot of them are in their 40s and 50s. I get it, the Juggalos and stuff. But yeah. bar's been around for a long time. I mean. Yeah, but what I'm sort of saying is, like, the Juggalos, they're fanatical. They are fanatics. And they, if the Insane Clown Posse have a beer, it's probably going to be rated 4.7, even though half these Juggalos haven't tried it, haven't um, ever gone near that style of beer, but they're going to rate it because of who they are. And that's just what I'm trying to understand about the Gua fan. I, I think there, I think there is that. Um, yep. Okay, but I think um, I think it's different, though. I think they are. I know this, this feels mean, but I do think they may be slightly more well adjusted. Do you think it's crazy to say about joke? Gua fans? But, but do you think they're? I little, think they're a little bit in on the joke. Yeah. I, I, um, I think there are more juggalos that are in on the joke a little bit now, but I think it's, you know, it takes a long time, right? So yeah. I, I, I don't think they've, they've been on quite as long as, as Guar. Because the, um, um, the juggalos remind me of, like, wrestling fans. It's like they, they get into it because they think it's real as, like, little kids. Then they understand as they get older that this is, this is like an act, and that's what I, how I sort of think about the juggalos. I think it's the Guar and ICP just to continue digressing on this are some of the most interesting like rehabilitations i think of history right so the, and the simpsons is an easy example of this right where in the 90s early 90s everyone's like this show is fucking stupid yep and george bush hates it and all this stuff and these and now it's like this wholesome family tv show that everybody can watch right and it didn't change anything really about this show like from a layout standpoint it's just that over time People sort of got in on the bit, right? Yep. And I think a lot of that happened the same way with ICP and probably to a degree with Guar and anything else that sort of looks extreme at the time. But uh, in the end, you actually, you kind of, you know, these people change as they age, right? And they sort of have a more realistic outlook on the world or and the list and their like fans do at the same time and and sort of the whole thing rehabilitates itself and then you're all of a sudden you're saying the juggalos are actually not that bad of people compared yeah. to the real fucking enemies out there you yeah. know <laughs> it's, it's funny, just kind of where you're that's kind of how all counterculture works like true counterculture right, it does yep. yeah it is just culture that's on the outside but it's actually real culture and it and it right. then becomes part of the mainstream and that's why they're not extremists. Um, I will say that the difference, one major difference is I don't think the Guar fans are going to be nearly as diabetic no. as ICP. I think ICP may be some of the least healthy fans due well, to their um, heroic sugar consumption yep. um, in general. Yeah. Well, because of, uh, what's it called? Fuego? 
Fago. Fago. Fago is about the sweetest pop you can buy uh, yep. on the market. Uh, they have cotton candy Fago soda, which is kind of amazing. Okay. So, anyways, we- Tony, five and a half percent, fifty IBUs, seventeen hundred ratings. It's an American pale ale, pretty straight down the middle American pale from twenty fifteen. From twenty fifteen, I'm going to give this a seven. No, seven. A a 3.82. I've upped my rating. 3.82. I think think the time period's important. 3.82. All right. Tony missed missed as well. He seemed to be stuck down there. This is a 3.65 on the Guar beer. If I had stayed where I was going to be. Oh, damn it. Yeah, it's tough. When she said Um, uh, 2000. 15 or whatever, I got sucked in. 2015, I think, would make me bring it down. I think I, I think there's something about that era of yeah, a pale ale right. that, that there is an astringency to it compared to what we get now. I mean, if you recall Sierra Nevada Pale Ale, which has like a fucking dog shit, all-time dog shit rating, um, it is amazing. But let's do one more for fun. Tony, you, you thought we were going to talk about good bands while we went from Deftones. We did Guar. Um, both of those are fine, you know. Uh, but but let's let's go on to Cannon Crows. This one, bad the badass American Lager. I mean, this is Kid Rock's signature oh. brew by Michigan Brewing. <laughs> Fuck Michigan Brewing. Four point two percent. This actually only has six hundred and eighty-eight check-ins. I'm actually not positive. I, I would guess he's not making this anymore, based on the- yeah. You really would have promoted it. Yeah, I think you. I think you can this thing. Um, and uh, so this this at the time four point two percent, six hundred eighty eight ratings. Just says Kid Rock signature brew. Get some check ins here. This is Dennis Belia. So I'm like, damn, is that like Hulk Hogan's <laughs> brother? <laughs> Isn't it right? Yep. Yeah. Terry. Yeah, okay. Yeah, Terry Belia. That's right. Uh, he he gave it a 2.75. Eric Lawrence found this can from like 2011, drank it at Michigan International Speedway while not watching NASCAR. <laughs> it was Kid Rock's beer, lol. <laughs> I don't think he's using lol correctly there. Yeah. I don't know why. Uh, okay. Let me I'm see confused. if I can find anything else here. Kit, okay, Matthew says... Uh, one and a half stars, Kid Rock Piss. And then Molly Pardon Molly Pardon checks us in on 2 September 18 and just says, no longer in production, my ass. <laughs> she dusted off she's some stock somewhere. It. Somebody, no, I think somebody fucking sold it to her, and she's like, this says it's no longer in production. Probably like a four-year-old beer that a bar was carrying yep. or something. <laughs> no longer in production, yeah. my ass. Uh... I'm oh, sorry, this guy likes it. Uh, taste of bready malt and lemon. Finishes clean and lemony. Not much in hop bitterness. He's drinking it out of a pretty dirty looking glass. Yeah. Okay. So, what do you think, Tony? Six uh, only six hundred eighty eight check ins on this. Personal bias is going to come into this one. <laughs> I tell you, I don't care if I'm a point off. I'm going to go two point seven eight. Two point seven eight. Not even I mean, I'm three. just giving you that one. It's it's it was too low for you to ever actually get it. I think two point seven eight was a great guess. So so the judges have jumped in. and They said that that's okay. We're going to have you let you have that one. Yes, 
cunts it's like actually a, It's actually a 2.65. Hey, that would be, yeah, <laughs> 0.12 within it. That's pretty damn good. Now, but I get I get where you were going here, yeah. but I think it's uh, I think you deserve that one because it is uh, awful. It's actually even worse than one could expect. I, what was the horrible? It was Han Super Dry. Yeah, Han Super Dry. This is lower rated than Han Super Dry, which is a two point seven one with eighty eight hundred ratings. Jesus Christ, it Pretty must bad. be bad. Okay, so well. We were doing that game. I did look up Fago, and there is a thrillist list. You know, we love a list. Yeah. There are 31 flavours. I'm going to... Um, is this the it, one I'm looking at, too? Fago oh, I haven't, I haven't looked it through. Is this the one called Fago Flavours Ranked by Actual Juggalos? Yep. Look through it anyway. It's, yeah. it's I, won't, I won't look through it. Yeah, oh. uh, but what, what do you want to do here? Well, I was just going to say, um, I'm going to pick out three random flavors, and then I want you to untap style guess. So, have you looked at any of the ratings at all? No. Okay. Give me the rating. Let me scroll down a bit. For out of ten, for pineapple. Uh, this is I'll, the rating between these two of- gentlemen. Um, there's two gentlemen um, doing a rating. It's out of 10. I'll give you at least one quote from some of them. Uh, a fizzy pineapple. Yeah. That's pineapple, the undisputed king of fruit. Yep. Jay Breezy. I, I'm going to go with like a, I don't know. I don't have a feel for the scale here. I don't know where they start and where they end. Uh, so They I'm all start say, above five and they all. Okay. Um, yeah, and they end up... Are there a 10 on here? Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to go with like an 8.5. Sorry, it's the number 30th ranked soda out of the group, and it gets a 5.7 out of 10. Oh my God, PMAC might fucking go there and murder these guys. <laughs> okay. Um, and then I'm going to go with Dr. Fago. Um, okay, so this is like Dr. Uh, Dr. Pepper. Yeah. Dr. Pepper pops in your mouth. This tastes lighter. You can taste why it's a dollar. And that was from Mikey. Boy, I mean, that sounds worse than the pineapple one. If this guy, uh, so I would, I mean, I don't think it's the worst one. I would say like uh, 6.2. <laughs> You're struggling a bit, my friend. That gets an 8 out of 10. But you told me the worst review. I don't know what I'm going to do with that. <laughs> hey, don't get angry like at me. A... This is what Untapped is like. And yeah, a little bit. You're right. We will finish up with, oh, let's go, with a classic rock and rye. This is a dreamy vanilla cream soda. With just a kick of something that may or may not be cherry. Uh, See, this is the one that always sounds the best to me. This one, I've never had it. This one sounds the best to me. Yep. Jay Breezy says, this, I, it tastes like Coke with a slash of red pop. And Mikey that, says... That sounds excellent to me. And Mikey follows up with, with Robitussin. The good Robitussin. Not the <sighs> shitty one. The great right, Robitussin. I, I'm going like nine nine point eight. 
too low, my friend. That's a 10 out of 10. Along with root beer, they were the number one ranked flavors of Fago. See, the rock and roll, the ones that sound that I've had Moon Mist. I've I've, I've drank Moon Mist. Oh, yeah. Um, And Moon Mist gets a 10 as well. Yeah. I've had the Red Pop. Um,. But I've, but I, I, I would be way more interested. See, I, I think the ones I want are the, um, the weird flavors. I want the pineapple. I want the rock and rye. Hi, the weird fruits. Because pineapple I don't want to be get... drinking Dr. Pepper version. I, I, I'll just drink Dr. Pepper if I'm. Yeah. Gonna, now pineapple does get redemption, P Mac. Before you go out and stub, stab a juggalo, it does get redemption. It gets number six spot um, in the pineapple and watermelon variety gets a uh, 9.3 out of 10. So if you pair it with something, love, it becomes the king of that drink. Dying of the idea of drinking um, Diet Moon Mist. <laughs> Bro, I have, oh, you know what the other one I've had, Tony, is the Fruit Punch. Oh, yeah. That is one of the weirdest beverages. The fizzy, fizzy Fruit Punch is so bizarre to me, but... Yeah, rock and Rye, if I get my hands on any, I would absolutely get down on some. Uh, my some favorite quote, though, comes from the uh, number 16 blue, blueberry raspberry. And as from Mikey, it smells like blue. <laughs> yeah. I think Kelly's going to get mad about this, too. She loves blue raspberry. She's going to get pissed off. Kelly's, Kelly's mad at the jug. Kelly's en- enraged at the juggalos now. Yep. Oh, no. Take it up with ICP, Kelly. I could imagine her going on on X and and ranting at ICP about their flavors. Going, going ape shit on Violent J. Yep. When are they awesome. going to do a flight alcoholic version of this? This seems right for like. I, I don't. I, I think Violent J has had a lot of health problems, uh, or at least one of them has. I think it was Violent J had some. Nasty health problems the last few years, so I think he's off the he's off any substances at uh, this point. I think uh, any mind altering substances, which has got to make it hard to do juggalo things and be <laughs> in the insane clown posse. But yep. you know what? More power to him. Um, all right, that was a great time, Tony. Why don't you tell people how they can hang out with us or get a hold of us? Huh? They can get a hold of us. Um, during the um, Las Vegas Grand Prix in Melbourne, we'll be there sitting, drinking, and watching True. cars go vroom around Vegas. And at the same time, we'll awesome. be checking in beers on Untapped. Um, the man across from me, um, Chip and his rocks, is Griff AD. The man that is me, if I actually exist in a conscious world, I'm St. Moz <laughs> on Untapped. You can give us a tip because, hey, if, if I am real, I think I deserve to get donated to because I am a basket case. That is ko-fi.com forward slash the Beer Engine podcast. You can send us an email, beerengineshow at gmail.com. And, of course, follow us on Instagram. And they haven't fucked with it recently like X. It's not the king of social medias. There is no king of social medias. Social media is evil. But if you're going to go on one social media platform, at least go on one with boobies. So do it on Instagram. Follow us at the same time you follow boobies. That's at Beer Engine Podcast on Instagram. How did I do, Griff? Good job. And I would tell people, of course, come hang out with us on Discord. Yep. Uh, click that little um, 
What did you say you think it was, Tony? I, I thought it looks like submarine a video game controller. controller. Submarine con oh, yeah, submarine <laughs> controller. That's right. It'll help you guide your submarine, if you guys remember that thing happening many months ago. Um, many years ago. And who does, really? Yeah. Um, just click on that. You'll be automatically invited to the Discord. You can hang out with us there. It's a good time. Uh, absolutely. Let's uh, do this again. How about next week, around the same time, huh, Tony? That sounds right. Yeah, let's book it. Let's do it for once. Sounds great. All right, so long. Until next week, guys. Bye-bye.